Welcome to the Millionaire Mindcast, where we broadcast weekly interviews with millionaire minds from across the globe to empower you on your journey of unlocking a rich and fulfilling life. It's time to unleash your millionaire within. Now, here's your host, Maddie A. What's going on, guys? Welcome into today's show. Maddie A here, as always. Grateful to be your host. Thank you for tuning in. We've got a great guest for you today in my man, Steve Sims. If you are new to the show, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss another episode of Millionaire Mindcast where myself, my guests on today's episode, we talk all things mindset, money, motivation, their journey of building not only a badass business in a big bank account, but more importantly, how they've found a way to unlock their definition of a rich and fulfilling life. And that is exactly why you're tuned in to learn the secrets, the strategies, the tips and tools that these individuals have learned along their journey. So that way you can pick and pull the nuggets that really apply to you and what you are looking to achieve and solve for yourself. If you haven't done so already, be sure to shoot me a text, say what up, 844-447-1555. Whether that's a question for me, for one of our guests, you just want to say hello, or you want to take advantage of one of the many offerings that we provide for our Millionaire Mindcast community Always love connecting with you guys. With that being said, Steve Sims is somebody who has been on my radar for a very long time. The dude is an absolute badass, one of the best storytellers and speakers. I've seen him speak on many different stages. He is the author of Blue Fishing, The Art of Making Things Happen. He is one of those individuals that is truly their authentic, genuine self, and you can't help but love and respect those types of people, especially when they've got the record and the accolades that this guy does. If you go over to his website and you look at all of the celebrities that he has been able to brush, you know, shoulders with, coach, mentor, be in partnership with, be around and in proximity to, the wisdom, the collective genius that he offers to anyone he gets in conversation with is absolutely priceless. And you guys are going to get a taste of what that looks like today. He's also got a new book coming out, Go For Stupid. Uh, We'll have all the links and all the resources to everything that we talked about in the show in his show notes at millionairemindcast.com. So don't forget to check that out. And if you guys enjoy any of the sound bites, any of the clips, the show itself, all I ask is that you guys leave a review in iTunes, share this with as many people as you can on your social media, help us continue to spread this type of value for as many people as possible to go out there and do what it is that they're meant to and called to do. We dug into today's episode on really his journey, so that way you guys can get a little bit more insight on who Steve is and how he got into this space, how he's been able to build some of the skills, the sales tactics, the communication, and really just the authenticity that you're going to get a see and taste of today. Uh, We talked about mentorship, how he's been able to break the mold of just being your authentic self and being massively successful without fitting the stereotypes that many other people in societies feel like you need to be in order to be successful. The dude is blunt. He's honest. He consistently brings value. We got to talk about how important it is to make people pay for your services, for your value, and to not feel guilty about that. We talked about how to be more authentic. We talked about understanding the most important things about what you bring to the table and how you can position that in your message and in your marketing. We dug into a lot of different acronyms and you know three-step type of uh, frameworks that will help you not only scale your business, but scale your wealth. 
We talked about ROI versus ROE, and this was something that not many people I've ever heard talk about the one difference and two, the importance of ROE over ROI. We talked about his wealth building journey. We talked about why Forbes and many people have called him the real life wizard of Oz. I'm excited for you guys to get a taste of my man, Steve Sims, in today's episode. So let's not waste any more time. Without further ado, let's dig into today's interview with Steve Sims right after this quick message from today's show sponsors. Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like building a bigger pipeline with real customers customers, leading to higher win rates and conversions, and of course, larger deals and paydays all around. We call this Deep Sales, and LinkedIn has built the first Deep Sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, our Millionaire Mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast. That's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started. Well, I'm excited. Welcome to the show. Steve Sims, how we doing, brother? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Well, you know, we, uh, I was telling you earlier, you know, I've, I've been uh, a student in the, the audience before seeing you speak and brother, I will say this, my, my man can talk. <laughs> you can talk, you can tell a good story. You bring a lot of good energy. Um, have you always been a good speaker and storyteller? No, I'm terrible. Uh, that, and that's that's not trying to get any kind of reaction. Uh, a lot of people make the uh, mistake that if you are a good speaker on stage, hey, you must be an extrovert. I'm an introvert. You know, I live up in the hills. I ride motorcycles. I adopt dogs. I don't go out. Introverts move with purpose. So when I go on stage, hey, I'm working. I need to help you. I need to explode energy. I need to help you with what I've learned. But, you know, I get off that stage and I just want to hide in the corner with an old-fashioned. Yeah, I like it. Well, here's a more important question. What are you mixing your old-fashioned with? That's the real the real meat <laughs> of this, this conversation now. Yeah, that, there's the valuable stuff. Um, I'm, quite a, I'm quite a bourbon guy. I really nice. like a good bourbon. Buffalo Trace, uh, Ballantines, uh, Angel's Envy. Uh, you know, I, I like the good stuff. I, I was going to say, I got a few over here on my, on my shelf. I saw I I know would call call to you, so maybe we'll uh, we'll have to to break open a bottle at, at some point in time. But you know, for those that don't know you, obviously, mm-hmm. you know they're they're going to read in the show notes. They're going to go to your website. They're going to learn all of the highlight reels of Steve Sims and all the cool shit that you're up to. But you know, I always love every sensei starts as a student. Every black belt starts as a white belt. Where where did your journey begin? Uh, I'm still a white belt. 
Um, and well, I've actually got a fantastic story based just on that mentality. But I was a curious bricklayer from East London. You know, my whole family for generations were bricklayers. And as soon as I hit 16 years old, I was thrown on the, wheel, uh, the building site and that was it. You know, that was my life. And I just thought to myself, there's got to be something more for me. So I had that curiosity mixed with aggravation, but we didn't have any mentorship. Now, we didn't have, this was all pre-internet. This was the 80s. I didn't have the internet internet to validate how inadequate my life was, <laughs> but I also didn't have it to show me videos of Tony Robbins, Damon John, you know, uh, Jay Abraham. I didn't have this. Uh, so in which case, I went out to have those conversations and I tried getting jobs with affluent people. Now, here's the stupid stuff. I didn't, and this may be rude, and I apologize, but I don't care. I didn't want to have a conversation with a poor person because I knew what being poor was like. Yep. And it stank. I wanted to have a conversation with a rich person. And I wanted to just amateurly just go, hey, how come you're rich and I'm not? Give, give me the seeds. Why are you rich and I'm not there? So I went out and I got jobs, uh, art gallery, yacht charters, jet charters, chauffeurs, anything that mingled around with affluent people. And I got vi fired very quickly from all of those until one day I ended up being the doorman of a nightclub because um, God made me big and ugly. So I kind of fit that <laughs> resume. And uh, I suddenly started conversing with the affluent people in the club. And I would try and get them anyway engaged with me to have that conversation. So I started off, hey, there's a new nightclub opening. I'll get you in. Hey, there's a new bar opening. There's a private party. I'll get you in. And hey, let's have breakfast the following day. Let's have lunch. And I would do that. And I went from getting people into parties that they weren't invited to, to ending up closing down museums in Florence, working for the Grammys, the Kentucky Derby, the New York Fashion Week. I've worked with the biggest brands and organizations in the planet. And Forbes ended up calling me the real-life Wizard of Oz because, quite simply, I wanted to see what I could do to impress and engage you to, quite simply, be able to ask you the question, why are you successful and I'm not? I love it. Power of proximity, obviously, always yep. being so critical. You know, when I was hanging around <coughs> nine other people that were smoking weed and drinking and fighting and doing dumb shit, I quickly became the 10th. And when I started hanging around more affluent people that were doing positive things, making a difference, making good money, uh, I learned how to connect those dots as well. Yeah. How, how do you, you know, suggest to the people that are really looking to elevate, because it's very easy to get in stale circles, right? How, how do you still honor those circles, but also consistently find ways of leveling up as you've done, you know, with the Sir Richard Bransons and the Elton Johns and the, right, you found a way to get in proximity the, to these people. And is it, yeah. you know, there's, I, I can tell there's an honesty and a bluntness about you, which I always love that about people. Like, hey, whether you like what they say or not, like, you know where they stand. They're honest. Yeah. They're, they're transparent. What, what, is, what is your kind of likability formula that's allowed you to get into some of these circles? So I used to think no one would ever want to talk to me because of what I look like and how I act and I can't spell and I don't come across particularly warm and fuzzy. So I would therefore attack the conversation with a benefit. Now, if I said to you, hey, talk to me and I'll give you $100,000, you would not care what I look like. 
you'd have that conversation because there's a hundred grand behind it. Yeah, so right. I always try to find out what the benefit was. So every time I would speak to an affluent person, I would grab this very, very secure device, this thing that no one's ever heard of called an iPhone. And I would Google them, find out something about them. And I'd go, Hey, I hear you're designing a new widget. I hear you're releasing the book. I hear you're doing this with a charity. I hear you're throwing an award show. I hear you're doing a gala. I hear you're releasing a new album. I've got something that could help you increase the distribution. Would that be of interest to you? So I always showed up with something that benefited them, and I would engage them in the conversation before I asked for my one. And that was the key thing. I want Every time I got to a certain level, I wanted to get higher. Now, here's the funny thing. You'll always meet people at that table that are on the same journey as you, mm. okay? They want to go up. But you'll also meet people on that table that go, no, 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 I'm happy here. So you've got to realize you're on a train journey. And every time you get to a new junction, every time you get to a new stop, some people are quite comfortable to get off and go, all right, I've done all I needed to do. But you see, Joe Polish actually explained it to me best. He said to me, the definition of hell is to meet the man or woman that you could have been. Mm. Now, financially, I could stop working. I've got enough motorcycles. I've got enough whiskey. I live up in the hills. I'm fine. But when you stop moving, you become stagnant and stink and die. And I don't want to be that. You know, so movement, you know, uh, momentum, that's what keeps you going. As happy as I am today in my growth, in six months' time, if I haven't tried and failed at something, then I've not grown and I am not happy with myself. So I'm constantly pushing the boundaries of what I can get into. And that's what a little kid is. You know, if any of you have got kids out there, you know what little shits they are. They're constantly curious, constantly getting into things, constantly unscrewing the back of a remote control and stuff. That's that cute. And what do we do as adults? We tell them to stop it and grow up. Mm. Thankfully, I never had people like that. I am a curious 55-year-old, 5-year-old. And I'm constantly curious, what's the next? You know, I've got people down in the Titanic. I've put them on stage with Journey. I've had breakfast and chats with Elon Musk, Elton John, Guns N' Roses. You name it, arrogantly, I've probably had something to do with it somewhere in the planet. And it's curiosity that doesn't make me, uh, doesn't allow me to stop. So I think that's probably the thing that keeps me going. I love it. So obviously there's there's skills that come around not just being curious, but maximizing that curiosity, right? How, how have you been able to turn your curiosity into a real business, right? Is it scaling through a team? Is it, you know, systems? What has allowed you to create wealth off of your curiosity and your likability and, and the value that you consistently bring to wherever you go? So the first thing I said to you was that I was an introvert. Uh, there's a lot of people out there going, oh, I, I couldn't do what he's doing. I'm an introvert. Mm -hmm. Good. The beautiful thing about introverts is we move with purpose. We're a lot more selfish with our time. If it doesn't benefit in some way, some means, we won't do it. And that's a good way. An extrovert, hey, just wants the cloud to applaud. They don't care if they're being applauded for falling over and looking like an idiot. Hmm. They just want the attention. But introverts move with purpose. So with me, 
I deal with people that I want to deal with. I get into conversations I want to get into. And so quite simply, I found the best way to engage people, and you're going to love this, is to make them pay. You see, if they don't pay, they don't pay attention. Think about it. Have you ever had free tickets to a concert, a mastermind, something like that, and then you've turned around to your buddy and gone, damn it, I can't go. Here's tickets to X, Y, Z. And then you phone them up a week later and you go, oh, hey, how was the concert? And they go, oh, do you know something? I didn't make it. I didn't go. You know, and they didn't go. Why not? Because they value the ticket as zero because you charge them zero. Mm-hmm. Now, I've given away free tickets in my life and I found that the people that didn't turn up to things were the people that didn't pay. The people that paid, they always went. And in the end, what I started doing was, hey, I'm going to give you this ticket. Yeah, Matthew, I'm going to give you this ticket free of charge. But if you don't go, you owe me $1,000. Now I know you will go, okay, because you don't want to pay me $1,000. So with my clients, I would go, hey, I can get you into this party. I've had to pull a few strings. That would be 500 bucks. And they will pay. People pay for ease. They also pay not to be turned away and declined. And you know the funny thing is, the more powerful you become, the less you want to call on favors because they can end up charging you a lot, lot more. I've worked with some of the most famous people in the world and I've got them into things where quite simply they could just walk up to the front door and get into themselves but they don't want to be the next marketing campaign that they went to. This restaurant was so fantastic. We had XYZ lining up for a table. I would literally book the table under a pseudonym, get them in, and the following day they'd be like, why didn't you tell me he was coming? Because I didn't want you to use it as a marketing ploy. I wanted them to enjoy the experience. And for that, I would charge the clients. A lot of people have fee phobia, okay? Always charge. Okay, again, I'll repeat it. It's worth repeating. If they don't pay, they don't pay attention. And I'll even go as far. I coach and I train all over the planet now. On my website, and this isn't a pitch, so I won't even give you the website, but on my website, I have the ability for you to book a call with me, and for 30 minutes, we will go through your biggest problem hurdle and bottleneck and solve it within 30 minutes, okay? And I charge $750 for that 30-minute phone call. You'll be amazed that some people go, oh, you know, I'm a mate of yours. Great. You know the link. You know, because the second I step in to help you, it's not for me, it's for you. I want you engaged. If you're that aggravated to solve this problem that you're paying $750, that's what I want. That's the person. But if I go, hey, I'll solve your problem for free, how many people do you think will actually action it at the end of that call? Yeah. I'm telling you probably less than 10%. Yeah. So value your time, value your knowledge, and understand to get their attention, they need to pay for it. What has been one of the biggest shifts you've seen since the pandemic in the people that you work with and the psychology whether it's their actions that they're taking or the way they're spending money or the way they're moving, that other business owners in general from an overall landscape maybe haven't caught on to yet that might be a little bit of an edge or an opportunity to lean into. Oh, 100%. And the easiest thing to quote now is time. 
Mm. You see, the, the beautiful thing is, and a lot of people don't realize this, COVID gave us hours. Yeah, and that's what people were kind of missing out on. You didn't have to fly anywhere. You didn't have to drive anywhere. You had more hours in a day. And what did the pricks in the planet decide to do? Binge watch Netflix. How many, how many, I've got to be careful with my terminology. How many idiots did you see jumping on Facebook? And yeah, I'm calling you out going, I'm wondering when I'm going to binge watch on Netflix. Can you recommend anything? Now I've gone through Ozark and the Sopranos. What else should I watch? You know, how about your weight, you fat bastard? <laughs> why, didn't, why didn't people start focusing on what they could do? And the people that I knew literally very early on went, great. I don't have to travel into work. I don't have to fly on a plane. I can now focus on impact. You see, you can make more time. Uh, sorry, make more money. You can't make more time. Mm-hmm. And COVID gave it to us. Here's a little thing for you that may make you may make you laugh. Did you know there were over five million new millionaires registered in the two years of COVID? Yeah, and that's more than at any other time in our life, because those were the people that went okay. I've got time on my hands now. And here's the key question. What impact can I create with these extra hours? Yeah. Not how can I waste it? What can I do with it? And that was the big mind shift. I know for a fact that my people, my tribe, my community, and you already said it. If you're in a, a, a room of losers, hey, guess what you are, okay? If you're in a, a great circle, great things happen. My people, my tribe, my community were busier and actually harder to get hold of during COVID because they were doubling and trebling down on the extra hours they were given. And its I think it was Jay Abraham, was actually my neighbor down the road. Wonderful guy. Jay, love you, boy. You know that. Um, He always said, uh, it's an idiot that sharpens his sword on the battlefield. We didn't know how long COVID was going to be. But all the successful people, the second they shut it down, they asked themselves the famous Dr. Sean Stevenson question, I, how can I make sure this was done for me and not to me? Mm-hmm. Now, you've been around some of the smartest influencers, business owners, you know, innovators of our times. What are some of the common threads that other people, There's, I always believe like there's things that are you know, just innate in people that you just can't go and teach other people. They're, they just have superpowers and certain things about them. You're like, that motherfucker is just special, right? But then there are certain things where you're like, I can go and learn that shit. I didn't know about it, but now I do know about it. I just got to figure out a plan and execute on closing the gap in that thing. What are some of those skills that you've learned being around some of the most affluent, you know, high level you know, innovators and creators in the world that have succeeded at the highest levels that other people could go and close the gap on? It's very easy. I got a massive, great smile on my face. Brilliant question, by the way. It's very easy for people to discount and go, oh, it's easier for him. Mm -hmm. Do you know that millionaires have the same access to technology that a child does? I know millionaires that literally have never worked on anything other than the phone. In fact, I started working years ago mobily, okay? And I know that sounds funny to say. We've all got laptops and desktops and stuff like that. But did you know that 85% of our consumption of anything digital 
is done on the phone. 85%. That's massive. Not TV, not radio, 85%, not laptop. It's your phone. So get used to working on a mobile platform and you're working on the exact same technology that Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos is, okay? So the first thing I understood is that the advantage they had had was their mindset based on excuses. How many people do you know turn around and go, hey, I'd love to do this? One statement, okay? Took three seconds to say that statement. And then they'll spend the next 10 minutes telling you why it can't be done. Mm-hmm. Successful people ask themselves, why can't it be done? And that's the key. That's, that was one of the big pivotal moments that I realized they were like, oh, I want to do this. Why shouldn't it be me that does it? It's just a change of position. And then they would go and do it. A lot of us today, though, we're frightened of looking stupid. Okay? I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, Elon Musk, okay, uh, revealed his Cybertruck. Do you remember that? Do you remember oh, yeah. the unveiling? Do you remember I'm, that I'm night on TV? I'm still on the damn waiting list for that shit. You're still on the damn waiting <laughs> list. Okay, I'll, I'll make a phone call, see what I can do for you. <laughs> what was the one thing that happened that everyone was talking about from that night's unveiling? The one thing that made frontline news the following day from when he unveiled that, that Cybertruck. Oh, yeah. There, were, there was something they were making fun of him for. I forget what it was, though. It was the rock through the bulletproof window. Do you remember? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So he created something that run on a system. The only thing similar with that Cybertruck and anything 12 hours prior was that it had four wheels. Everything else was completely different. The guy even designed bulletproof glass for this truck. Now, I'm not being funny, but if one of your specs for an automobile is bulletproof glass, you don't need a new truck. You need a new postcode. <laughs> that, that should be your focus. But his his glass broke because someone threw a rock through it. Now, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but the following week, he actually lined up these doors and shot a multiple of weapons, an armory, at the windows to show that they'd fixed that glitch. No one give a shit. Yep. They wanted to laugh at him. Everyone wants to point and laugh. We're in a gotcha society. Mm. How many times do you see the clickbait going, Kim Kardashian said what? You know, Joe Biden, he, he said that. We want to laugh at people. Successful people, they don't give a shit. Nope. Elon Musk personally said they'll always laugh at you just before they applaud. Every successful person, whether it be someone that you look up to, we, we, we called out Brandon Turner earlier, okay? You can go from Brandon Turner, you can go to Jean-Paul de Jouria, you can go to Jeff Bezos, you can go to Bill Gates, you can go to Steve Jobs, you can go to um, Sir Alan John, Richard Brown, any of these people, and you'll notice one growing trait between all of them, that failures. They try shit, it fails, which then allows them to become educated. You see, the key difference between a successful person and a non-successful person is that they allowed their mistakes and failures to refine them, not define them. Mm. It's so true. I always look at the more I have failed, that failure overcome 
one, it's great feedback, but two, it also compounds into confidence. Like I'm like, okay, wait, hold up. I still got, yep. Still got a pulse. My wife still loves me. My kids still think I'm cool. All right. Like, what? Let's that walk. never happens. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. But I'm like, okay, let's, let's, what's next, right? Let's, let's go. <laughs> and, and that's the way I think builders and creators are is they don't let the failures define them. They continue to persevere and push through. And it really becomes this game of stamina of just how do you keep falling the breadcrumbs on the path of failure to hitting those milestones of success along the way. And ultimately it seems like so many people let, whether it's fear of failure, fear of people, you know, talking shit about you, fear of somebody crossing you or, you know, doing something unethical, whatever insert fear there, how have you and or seen, you know, for yourself, for others overcome that? What do you say to the person? I don't like the way I sound. I don't like the way I look. I'm afraid of getting this happen to me. What do you say to those people to, is it just pony the fuck up and let's go? Or how do you help somebody yeah. narrate or, you know, um, navigate that conversation and narrative in their own head? Well, there's, there's, there's three things. For one who gives a fuck, okay? Right. That's, that's the first thing. Have you noticed, and look, you've got a podcast, okay? So you've got a profile. You've got an audience. Yep. You've no doubt got haters. Oh, okay? plenty. Have you ever noticed that those haters, nine times out of ten, can't afford you even if they wanted to. Yeah. The little people, the little, the little rats down there going, oh, you know, you shouldn't be allowed to do this. Oh, you're, you're stupid. Oh, you're overweight. Oh, you're British. I can't understand. They're not going to do business with you in any case. Yep. Okay, so the first thing is, look at the source. Now, if I've got Jay Abraham throwing hate at me, why? I want to know. If I've got Elon Musk throwing hate at me, I want to know why. Mm -hmm. But you'll always notice that 99% of your haters couldn't even be in your uh, your atmosphere if they had a passport. That's the first thing you should notice. Secondly, and you said about how I sound, how I look, nobody cares. Do you remember the beginning I said to you that I tried getting into jobs where affluent people were and I kept failing because I got into the wrong job as the wrong person. I would literally change the way I walked, talked, dressed to try and become this person that didn't fit. The second I stopped trying about what I look like and started focusing on what you would benefit from, it all changed. Mm -hmm. Let me give you an example. You've got kids. You mentioned you had kids. Yeah. Okay. So I knock on your door at one o'clock in the morning and I wake you up. Have you got dogs and cats? I got a dog. Right. So the dog's ripping it off, barking like crazy. The wife's thinking, who the bloody hell's that? The kids are woke up now. You've got back from a flight. So you've you, you got red eye. You're all kind of tired. And someone's banging on your door at one o'clock in the morning. You open up the door. Holy heck, there's me stood there banging on your door. Now, before I utter a word, you're, you're annoyed. Your entire family's woke up. Your entire family hate you for knowing me, for waking you up, correct? Yeah, what the hell is this dude doing at my doorstep? 100%. And then the next words I utter, hey, Matthew, I'm sorry for bothering you, but I'm around the corner at a coffee bar with Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, and we're chatting about a few things, and there's a spare seat. I wondered if you'd like to come and join in the conversation. I'm there. Bye, honey. Peace. 
Yeah, love you, girl. See you later. <laughs> the bottom line of it is I showed up with a solution. I showed up with an engagement. I showed up with something that benefited you. Yeah. Today, people are worried. And I actually did a um, I did a video on Reels on Instagram the other week about it's not about your hair. So many people are like, hey, I'm going to jump on this video. I've got to worry about my hair. Do I look good? Have I got my cleavage out? Am I looking all nice and tight? Blah, blah, blah. Nobody gives a shit. I care about what you're going to do that's going to help me. Mm. As a community, and as I said to you earlier, knowing the temperature of your room, we want to know what the audience is looking for, and then we want to solve that. So when you don't do your hair, but you jump up and go, hey, whatever business you're in. Hey, I was talking with a client the other day, or I was talking to an investor the other day, or I was talking to a you know, a, a gentleman that we've got in our office. And he was asking me questions. And I thought, these are good questions. He asked me this question. These were the three answers I gave him. I hope that helps you. Now, to someone in the planet, that's going to be the answer to their prayers. That's going to be the missing nugget for them to get on. And you just dropped it. And guess what? No, they don't want to sleep with you. They don't want to take you out for dinner. But you just solved that problem. You see, today, it's not about you. It's not about your hair. It's not about how brilliant you are. It's about how your brilliance can help somebody else. Yeah. I love I love that because so many people I feel like are so emotional about what it is for them. And they need to get unemotional about that part and get more emotional about what it's going to do for somebody else. That's yeah. what's going that's what's going to change the game for giving you permission to get out of your own head, get into your heart and go into place of service to bring value to people and the world becomes your oyster when you come become a sh- a shepherd of 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 value, right? And constant service. You said earlier about being a white belt rather than a black belt, okay? So I have two black belts and I used to fight kickboxing for the British Wushu Kwan team. All right. When I was younger, yeah, I was pretty, pretty. You know, now I lose my breath if I'm tying up my laces <laughs> on my vans. But back then, I was all right. And I was young and I was riding around on a motorcycle and I had a black belt in Chinese kickboxing. So I felt as though I was the boy. And a friend of mine said to me, Look, we're punching well in our class, but everyone already knows who we are. And they're kind of a bit intimidated to come forward. So let's go to another gym or another dojo, and see, you know, how we can do. So we turned up at this dojo one day, and we'd heard that this guy was pretty good. And I'm going to call him out because I've never forgotten him, and I've always remembered this lesson, a gentleman by the name of Juan Peplo. And I turned up with a friend of mine, and my friend was much bigger and scarier than me. And, you know, I'm not too bad, but he was even bigger. And we turned up at this door, and, of course, like everyone in the dojo is looking at you, and they're all sparring between each other. And it's a typical school playground. You know, they can like staring you up and can like trying to can like give you the signal, can like, hey, what's up? I'm big dog in here. Mm-hmm. If you step in here, you gotta put a that kind of shit. You know, yep. it happens that we never grow out of that schoolyard. You know yep. what it's like. Yep. So I'm stood there trying to do my best looking, looking hard, um, which probably didn't work, but I'm stood <laughs> there doing this. And Ron Peblo walks up to us too, because we're obviously creating some kind of atmosphere in the dojo. And he comes up and he's like, hey, gentlemen, how you doing? And again, this guy's name was well known. He could look after himself. So we had total respect for Ron. 
And we looked at him and he looked at me and he said, how can I help you? And I went, well, you know, my name's Steve Sims. You know, I'm a black belt in Wushu Kwan, blah, blah, blah. I'm big shit. I want to come here. And he's like, why do you want to come here? And I said to him, I said, I want to get another black belt. Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast and trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's myfirst50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. And he looked at me and he went, that's great. He said, hang on a second. And he ran off. And I'm, we're still stood there. And I'm thinking, where the bloody hell has he gone? And he comes back. And in the wrapping, he had a black belt. And he passes it to me. And he went, there you go. And I'm holding it. He went, now you've got another black belt. Now would you like to learn how to fight? And that single wow. lesson made me realize I had had my eye on the wrong Goal. I hadn't. I didn't want to be a brilliant student. I wanted that black belt. And when you get the black belt, you suddenly think you can walk into a bar like Jackie Chan and walk out with just a tiny scratch. It doesn't happen like that. Mm. And this guy saw through it. And then I realized and recognized as I started moving within the group, no one had belts on because we were all students. And the funny thing is, when we actually went to an event and we had to wear our belts, pretty much all of them were black belts because they would put them on for the event. Mm -hmm. And the ones that weren't, one would just give them a black belt in any case because it didn't matter. Nine times out of ten, our eyes are actually on the wrong prize. Mm. And it made me realize then, I never want to be a master. I want to be a constant student. And you're right. As a student, we fail. And when we fail, we become educated. And because we have that education, we become credible. And when you're credible, you can invoice for that intelligence. Mm, I love that. So you've become this pe person, this, this leader that a lot of people look to. And I know what I think and see when I see you, which is a lot of authenticity, which is honesty, which is love. Um, and you bring it in your own unique way. Talk about how 
your perspective is on like really leaning into your authentic version of yourself, whether that's the dude with the piercing and, and a goatee and a bald head, if that's wearing a suit and tie and that's what you want, like, what does that mean? There's so many people walking around with, you know, a mask on and, you know, a facade and, and a veneer of like, who the fuck are you versus like yeah. people that I see? I'm like, I like that person because I know who they are. You know, how important is authenticity and transparency in today's world, which is full of fakers? Heightened. It's actually heightened. Uh, I own a company, Sims Media, and the thing that we focus on is clarity within your message. Okay. A lot of people today, and you're quite right, you become a stockbroker. And even though you're a trainee, you, you start wearing the suits and acting the way. You start becoming a real estate investor, you act the way. You become a hairdresser, you act the way. And yep. there's all this act as if scenario that goes around. The trouble is, there are three kinds of people in the planet, and one of them is your fault. You see, when you try to talk to someone that you really can't communicate with, you shouldn't be having that conversation. I guarantee you, during this podcast, there are people that hate me. There are people that are like, I don't like this guy, you know? And that's fine. They will never reach out to me. I will never reach out to them. We'll go about our ways. We'll both be fine. There's no harm or animosity between those people whatsoever. I'm also not going to contort myself to try and be someone who they would like me to be yep. in order for me to have a shallow existence with them. Mm. There are also people on this podcast that are going, my God, I love this guy. This guy's a truth bomb. I absolutely love him. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to buy his book. He's a, uh, this guy's great. And that's good. But then there are other people, and I hope I've not created them, but there are other people in your life, in your world, and I'm talking to you guys and girls out there now, that you've created. This is the worst parasites in the planet, and it's your fault. They're the fences. Now, you've tried to build a website that shows you as a dynamic individual. You've tried to create these alter egos that make you sound smarter, intelligent, better looking you know, than you actually are. And you've created confusion. Mm. And there are people that are sitting on that fence going, I don't know about this. What's he trying to say? And what's he, what is his solution? I'm not sure. He keeps leaning up against that car. Does he ever drive it? Or is he in a parking lot? You know, I, I don't, I'm confused here. It's your job to push those people off the fence. Push them on or push them off, but push them off. The thing about me that I noticed years ago and I'm sure you've had it. How many times in your past life have you had a conversation with a client and the conversation's kind of, yeah, yeah, no, I hear what you're saying, but why don't we, no, 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 you're right. You're, and you stutter to try and make them feel as though, yes, they're in control. And you get off that phone and you're exhausted. Yep. Those people shouldn't be your client. I realized I only want to connect with people that I can connect with. So. By revealing me and going, hey, bald, drink too many old fashions, piercings, tattoos, and only ride motorcycles. If I can help you, come along and play. If I can't, stay the fuck away. Mm. By being that blunt, I've removed that middle fences. Yeah. And there are, there are billions of people in the planet. You only need half a percent of those. And you're buying an island. 
So the focus is the second you decide to stand, and again, it doesn't matter. You can have one leg. You can have look good in suits. You can look bad in suits. You can look good in a dress bad. It doesn't matter. But if you step up as you, you make it somebody else's um, ease to decide whether or not they can relate to you. And that's what we want today. And today, we're in a world of mass distortion, distraction, noise, and arguments. We want clarity. Yeah. We want simplicity. We've been bogged down with rumors and conspiracies. We're pissed off. We want clarity. Nine times out of 10, you've spent the last few years confusing the shit out of your prospects. Mm, I love it. I want to switch gears a little bit and give people an insight into your outlook and perspective on building wealth, right? Motorcycles and an awesome house, you know, in the hills and the network. All of that came at a lot of sacrifice and hard work and stamina and grit and perseverance. And obviously you've made small, smart decisions over an extended period of time to unlock really big results that I think a lot of people would love to model in their own capacity of what that might look for in their life. What has been your wealth building approach as you've continued to accumulate more income and more investments in that journey as it's unfolded? To realize what I'm crap at. The trouble is with entrepreneurs, the easiest way to make an entrepreneur go bankrupt is you say to them, I bet you couldn't do this for $10. (laughs) And the entrepreneur will do, you know it. The second I said that, you're like, yeah, okay. As entrepreneurs, we rise to the challenge. But as intelligent people, we should look at it and go, it's $10. No, I'm not doing that. Mm. But how many entrepreneurs? There's a friend of mine, Peter Diamandis. You may have heard of him from Mm. the XPRIZE. Love him. So he actually revealed a a $10 million prize for the first reusable space rocket that could orbit, land, refuel, and orbit again. And Bert Rattan from Scale Composites won that $10 million prize and actually went on record saying, I spent $120 million to win $10 million. And that that, that was the winner. All those other people that spent tens, twenties, thirty million dollars and didn't get anywhere. So the point is, you've got to focus on what you're good at and what you're not. And really smart entrepreneurs, and I notice this, and I still notice it. I look at smart entrepreneurs and business owners, and I don't look at what you're doing. I look at what you're not. What are you not doing? Well, I'm not very good at marketing. I have this person. I'm not very good at graphic design. I have this person. I'm not very good at logistics and systems. I have these people. And they outsource it. If you look at Elon Musk, Elon Musk has a couple of of, of holes in the board that he controls. The rest of them, he makes sure the square pegs in the square hole, and he doesn't try to shoehorn anything in it. So the smart person, first of all, identifies what you're good at, but more importantly, what you're terrible at, And then you outsource that. And as Dan Sullivan used to say, no, it still does. He says, if you focus on your weaknesses, you end up with some really strong and powerful weaknesses. So get rid of what you're not good at and get other people involved. That's the smart person's journey. Mm, I love that. In terms of the vehicle that you felt has been the greatest return on investment for you, what does that look like? Well, it's always going to be you. Um, I think I have always been the greatest generator of my wealth. And I've got rid of those distractions. One of my biggest distractions, funny enough, was money. 
I realized, I realized very early on that I was absolutely shit with money. And I don't mean I was shit in the fact that I was going out buying cars. That's never really been my, my, my drug of choice. But if I had a lot of money in my bank account, I got lazy. Mm. And then you start spending it and you're traveling the world and you're enjoying life and you're buying homes and you're doing all. And then all of a sudden that money starts to dwindle down quick and your wife turns around and goes, hey, that's starting. And you go, oh, shit. And you end up getting into deals that you really shouldn't have, that you really haven't thought through. So you're going from like lazy to hustle, lazy to hustle. And I realized that it was the tail wagging the dog. Money, I was reacting to my bank account. So the first thing I did was I said to Claire, I said, look, and I've been with her for 35 years. I said, look, I can't handle this. Cut me off. And so she did. I can tell you now, 55 years old, I don't know what's in my bank account. I don't know any passwords to my bank account. In fact, here's a true story. Um, I actually said something the other day about Citibank, okay? And um, she turned around and she said, why are you talking about Citibank? And I went, well, you know, because of the bank account. She's like, we've been in Chase for nine years. <laughs> so I didn't even know we'd moved bank, okay? But the point is, I look on the deal. I look on the person. I look on, and this is a very important thing, and I want everyone to write this down. I look at the ROE of a project. Now, everybody looks at the ROI. If I do this, I make this money. If I invest here, I get this gain. That's my ROI. But what's your ROE? Now, your ROE is your return on effort and energy. Mm. How many times have we taken on a deal? Financially, it's good, but we're dealing with pricks. Mm. We're dealing with narcissistic people that sap us and drain us. And we go home at night, and there's a beautiful woman that wants to hug you, and you're like a grizzly bear with a thorn in your foot. And the kids want to hug you, and they're aggravating you because you've had a bad day. Now, you're making money, so the ROI is good, but what's it doing to your ROE? Mm. And all of a sudden, you find that you can't operate well. You can't operate uh, intelligently. And it affects you. And you start losing out on other deals. So I started focusing on ROE. And the funny thing that I discovered was I got into deals with people I wanted to stay with. And when you're in a deal with someone you want to stay with and they want to stay with you, guess what happens? That deal goes on to another one and to another one. And they've got friends. And it's back to the room. If you're dealing with 10 good people, good people, what do 10 good people know? Good Another people. 10 good people. And it just grows. I have such low effort and energy required for me to be me. And I get on with people because now instead of using some of that percentage of my effort, trying to look as good looking as you, I can just turn up in a good crowd, be me, attract people that want to deal with me and go about my business. My ROE is always good. And I never look at the ROI. That's beautiful, man. I love that. Cause right. I mean, of course, ROI making numbers and data makes sense is always critical and important for so many people, but there's that ROE that that doesn't always show up on a balance sheet or a PL nope. in terms of how you can measure it right away. But when you look back in the rear view mirror, you're like that person led to those other deals or relationships or doors opening. And really it didn't take me a whole lot of effort. And the ROI actually was 4X what that one deal was that was with that asshole or whatever it was. So I love that you brought that up because 
we always talk about it, right? Is the, of course, you know, you want, you want things to make sense financially. You want to make as much money as you possibly can, but not at the expense of your values or what's important to you or your goals, right? Whether that's, you know, for somebody trying to make 10,000 bucks a month and just travel the world and enjoy their life or somebody that's, Hey, I want to be worth 10 million bucks. You know, there is no, um, I think dollar amount or commas and zeros that are at the expense of sacrificing who you are and your values in the process. So as we talk about, I just want to get a, a, a few last minute thoughts from you in terms of headlines and, 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 and fear and this, you know, scaremongering that's going on in the world right now. What, what do you say, whether it's somebody making investment decisions, trying to grow or start a new business, you know, looking to expand their life, you know, right now, you know, is kind of that contrarian thinker is getting ready going, okay, like everybody's starting to zig and get scared, but I should be zagging. What do you, what do you say to those people that are just torn and feeling kind of emotionally caught up in this vortex and, you know, tornado of, uh, you know, headline news? Well, the easiest one is, uh, don't believe the hype. Um, you know, the mole's always happiest when it's darkest. I've noticed when money's coming into the market, value and uh, substance leave. Mm. And so when everything's going through, people are all shiny. Hey, you, you've got a product for me? Yeah, I'll try it. You don't pay attention to it. But you see, here's what happens. Less money circulates in a downward market, but it doesn't stop. It just gets re-identified. Yes. You see, if someone ever, ever, ever argues with you over your price tag and over your invoice, it's because you failed to demonstrate the value. You see, I love an adverse market. There's the old saying that, you know, rough seas make great sailors. We are now in all the freaking hyper depression, COVID's coming back. You know, monkeypox, snakepox. I've lost track of what shit's going on now. The great resignation, the, the depression, the, all of that shit. Here's the bottom line. If you have a solution... To somebody's problem, you're in business. And all you've got to do is expand and demonstrate and expose the solution. Again, it's back to that clarity. If you can expose the problem that you are the solution to, you'll stay in business. I'm looking forward to the next few years, okay? I have done extremely well through COVID. I have done well if we're out of it now, and I'm sitting here going, hey, you've got another bit of black dust coming at me? <laughs> Excellent. That adversity creates the time. And a lot of people do it. They're not going to stop spending. They're just going to question where they spend. Mm. And when they question it, you need to make sure you are the answer to it. I love that. So you got some amazing stuff already. You know, blue fishing, art of making things happen. You're coming out with a new book, Go for Stupid. We yes. want to make sure that people have an opportunity because obviously we've only had the chance to scratch the surface on all the value that you've been bringing to the marketplace and to so many people for so many years. But for those that want to know more about the book, they want to know more about you. They want to know about calls, events, coaching, whatever it may be. Where's the best place for them to do that, Steve? Well, they could text the word SIMS, S-I-M-S, to 33777. If they want to use that, they can text me there. That'll get them onto my list. You can go to stevedsims.com. Or for free, you can join an Entrepreneur's Advantage with Steve Sims. That's my free Facebook group. And any way you consume your media, just type in Steve D. Sims, D for dashing and only one M in Sims, 
and I'm there. So that gives you a certain few plays. And as you've just said, go for stupid. My next book comes out in October the 18th. Enjoy it. Guys, be sure to check all that. That'll be out in uh, the show notes on Steve's episode. Brother, I just want to, man, thank you so much for coming on, dropping the value, just being who you are. Um, you know, I know so many people are going to get some value from this man. And uh, we know you are busy and got a lot of stuff going on and just want to appreciate you for that. I appreciate taking the time and doing what you're doing. Thank you. I hope it helps. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that interview. And if you did, all I ask is that you share it with somebody else who maybe needs to hear this today or that could gain some value from something that was talked about or discussed in today's interview. You just never know one piece of information, a conversation, a tool, a resource can completely transform and change the trajectory of someone's life or their business. So if you get any kind of value or you want to support the show, all we ask is that you help us organically get this in front of more people. Also, for those of you who are really looking to accelerate your wealth building journey and unlock more financial freedom, get more time back and just level up your life, your business, your finances, be sure to head over to therichlifeacademy.com to check out all the amazing products and resources that we offer to our Millionaire Mindcast family, whether that's one-on-one coaching with me, courses from our guests, all kinds of free content, downloads, checklists, upcoming event info and how you can connect with us live in person, all kinds of great valuable tools. You can get that over at therichlifeacademy.com. Last but not least, I always wanna know, who do you guys wanna hear me interview next? Let me know, shoot me a text at 844-447-1555. With that being said, until next time, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March 2 million and beyond. Cheers, my friend.